0: motherhood and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to be here today with our guest, Lisa Peterson. Lisa is a social media mentor and strategist and owner of Lisa Peterson Media. As a social media mentor, she works with her clients to create sustainable social media plans and teaches the skills and strategies to execute them with confidence. It is so nice to have you here, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Tiana. So a little bit more about Lisa. She's a mom who juggles uh, being a mom of two kids with being a work-at-home mom. She enjoys working with female business owners. She can relate to the unique challenges they face, and she loves seeing them succeed. Lisa believes that social media doesn't have to be scary. She teaches business owners how to use social media effectively and to create social media plans that are smart, simple, and sustainable. I'm looking forward to learning more about Lisa's story, her motherhood work juggle working out of her home, and how she found a way to work that aligned with her passion skills
1: and experience. Thank you so much again for having me. I'm so thrilled. I know this is a passion project of yours, and I'm so happy to see that the part-time jungle is thriving. Thank you so much, and it's
0: such a great opportunity to learn more about what you do and also um, more about working from home, because I think we'll hear about some of the uh, wins and challenges with working (laughs) in that way as a mom. So to start off, I would love to learn more about your experiences, juggling life as a mom of two children, and then also, of course, working out of your home. So what are those challenges and wins with this for you? And what are some of the strategies that help you make that work?
1: Well, um, I started my own business um, almost 10 years ago. Um so just for some context my kids are almost 10 and 13 right now so it's kind of interesting when i think about it when you when you pose the question that way it's like my kids were so young when i started that really this is all they know they don't know me as the corporate marketing manager they don't know me you know just before before I was working for myself you know they were babies um well toddler technically for my daughter but she wouldn't remember you know when she was 2 I don't think um and so it was it was a really interesting transition um from corporate to to work at home but it's one that I'm so so glad I made i mean it's it's not easy um you were asking me about some of the challenges and some of the wins so I think probably the biggest challenge, especially when I was probably in my first three or four years, um, when my kids were really little. So just again, for some context, my son, um, I started my business when I, when I finished my mat leave with my son. So he was one and my daughter was almost four and a half. So prior to that, I had been working at like a flexible work option with my, with my previous job, uh, my corporate job and, it was a small, a smaller company. It wasn't a large corporation. Um, but I kind of felt pushed out of that job because the new director didn't like the fact that I had worked, uh, had arranged a flexible work option, just couldn't handle that. It was a new person that had come in and had been working fine up until then. Um, you know, blasting all my targets, you know, making my bonus. Um, but for some reason it was just the fact that I wasn't in the office those two days a week. Um, but I was working from home and accessible, you know, via conference call, the person just couldn't handle it. So once I had my son, I was like, you know what, I think this is the universe telling me I need to do something different. Um, you know, it had been kind of a toxic work environment. I was coming home and I wasn't happy and it's, that's not who I wanted to be for either my spouse or for my kids. So, um, after, so after that big challenge, working for myself, yes, it was still challenging, but it was very refreshing. It was a nice change. So probably the biggest challenge at that point was getting my kids to understand when I was working. So that's really, really tough for kids, yes. especially, right? <laughs> yes. Especially when they see, oh, mommy's on the tablet or mommy's on her phone or, you know, because I would still be doing all the things that I normally did when I was working my flexible work option, I would still be taking the kids kids to swimming lessons right after school at three o'clock or 3.30. Or I'd be doing, you know, like a rainbow songs type you know, <laughs> program during the middle of the day on my lunch hour or whatever yeah. um, with the youngest while the, you know, the older one was in half day kindergarten. So that was really tough because for them, you know, me being on a device um, was like, oh, you're playing a game? Oh, can I play alpha bear? Oh, can I, you know, and they didn't really, I mean, and and I didn't expect them to understand at that age, but them understanding, you know, by me showing them what I was doing. So I'd say, Hey, do you want to help mommy compose an email to my client? Or do you want to see the spreadsheet I'm working on?
0: I love that.
1: So that was one of my biggest challenges, I think, is that, um, and a little bit of mom guilt obviously crept in there as well, because I couldn't always be 100% present when they needed me to be 100% present. It would be like, give me five minutes, or I would address their need at the moment, but I couldn't do the bigger thing that needed to be done until I, let's say, got off a conference call. (laughs) You know, they would tug at me, and I would be on a conference call, and say, you know, I have five more minutes. Um, So that was probably my biggest challenge. Yeah. And what do you find
0: uh, that works really well for you with this so you've mentioned you know it sounds like you're able to get to those earlier swimming lessons and do some you've been able to do some of those activities during the day so what's right. been the real benefit um or benefits for you with being able to work from home
1: so the flexibility um is amazing but there is a lot that goes into the, having that flexibility as I'm sure you're, you're well aware yes. um, You know, moms have to juggle a lot and no matter how great our spouses are, especially if if we have a spouse that works in a typical kind of environment, you know, typically like eight to five or eight to six or whatever, and in an office, not, not on site at home. Um, So it's been a lot of um, family calendars. For example, our calendar has a separate, um, a separate color, different calendar, like built into my one main, my one main account for each of the kids and for the home. So there's just a general home calendar, meaning, you know, if something, if there's something that all of us are doing, that goes in the home calendar. If, you know, my youngest has swimming, it goes under his calendar. If the oldest has, you know, an event after school or she's babysitting, it goes in her calendar. So literally you open up my calendar and it looks like a rainbow barfed all over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a great visual.
1: <laughs> right? But it's true. Yeah, I open my yeah. calendar sometimes and people... Maybe they're sitting nearby me, friends or whatever, say, what is that? (laughs) And it's so crazy. But if everything is not in that calendar, and if I don't have, like, I use a happy planner agenda, which I adore, it helps me kind of be a little creative. And it also, um, you know, the act, the sheer act of writing things down. I don't know if you know that kind of scientific fact is that it actually helps you retain what you need to do by like 40% more or something. I don't know. Um, by 40% greater, uh, you know, chance of of keeping that in your head. So between the digital and the the paper, you know, the concrete, um, and then just having different um, strategies that I have to kind of use every day. I look at my calendar kind of when the kids are eating breakfast and I see what I have to do next. It's, you know, the the dog has to be walked first, typically every morning. Um, And it's just those kinds of consistent actions that keep me, on the, the straight and narrow, because I 'm not by nature the most organized person, so I'd yeah, say, I, yeah having those
0: strategies <laughs> it, it's so helpful having those tools that work for you. yeah uh, we also at our house have a big family calendar that I write things on i've realized that I've had to slide things over to my phone and a digital mm-hmm. calendar because it was getting to be too much to manage, but I love writing it down, and I love having it in out in both ways. Yeah. In the past, when it was just on the paper calendar, my husband would have to take a photo of it. <laughs> um, so he'd know what was going on with everybody. So I can appreciate that.
1: Maybe didn't Yeah. that sounds well like mine too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think so, having the kids get on board now that they're older, you know, almost 10 and 13, nine and a half, whatever, mm-hmm. um, they're old enough that they can, maybe not the youngest one. He's not as much into using devices on a regular basis, but my daughter, especially, she has her own like Gmail account, um, separate from mine. But I also it feeds into my calendar, so I can see what she's doing when she's busy. And I think just having the kids learn that their contributions to those calendars really, truly do help the family unit, and they help keep everybody on track. Well,
0: I think I'm going to make a mental note from that because I think <laughs> I'm going to give our kids more responsibility in terms yeah. of adding things to our calendar. But even digitally, I think totally they, they do write things on, but I think that's a great next step. So our oldest does have a cell phone now and the other one will soon going into junior high. So I think that's a fantastic life skill for them to learn and to be playing an active role in the
1: wonderful chaos of family life so (laughs) and also it's like you said it's a technology piece right we're helping them kind of get a little bit more up to speed with what they should be doing as they go forward because you don't just want them to get into high school and then not know how to set a proper reminder or an alarm for themselves so that's always a good thing to make them responsible for their own um calendar and their own uh booking your own appointments and stuff with friends and, and when they'll be out of the house and stuff.
0: Yes. No, I really think that's a great idea. Um, And you'd mentioned a little bit about the story that brought you to where you are working yes. at home. But do you think prior to that, did you ever think you would be an entrepreneur and kind of going out on your own that way? Was that something that you'd been thinking about prior to making the move or making the leap?
1: Actually, yes. So I, I came from a marketing and design background. I have a, a, a degree in design. And um, because of that, I met a lot of people or had colleagues that knew, you know, of people, either family members or friends um, that were, you know, small business owners or people that, you know, didn't have um, full marketing budgets to have like a team of people help them. So they would often say to me, hey, you're really good with X, Y, or Z, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, designing stuff, whatever. And they would often say, you know, are you looking for any kind of side work, you know, because I know of someone who could really use your services and they don't, you know, they only need it for this kind of one project. It's not like an ongoing thing. And I would often say, sure, I'll help them out because I just, you know, I just love seeing people succeed. That's just kind of part of me that's in my DNA. Um, I'm like one of these, like, if you don't lift someone up and, you know, that's, that's in front of you, then you'll never be lifted by the person who's, who's, you know, under you, so to speak on that ladder. Um, and that's in pretty much any aspect of life. So, um, I would always help them. And I I know I didn't even charge enough (laughs) ever, but it was, you know, it was stuff I liked to do. So I didn't mind. Um, and then as I mentioned, when I kind of was finding myself in this toxic work environment and I knew I wanted to get out, um, I, it, it's like the universe spoke to me. I had more people without me even saying anything, just kind of, you know, chugging along, doing my little side hustle occasionally on weekends. I'd had more and more businesses reach out to me and it wasn't enough at the time where I'd say, you know, it was full time, but it was enough that it was like, I was just being pointed in the right direction. Uh, yeah. like the universe was telling me, this is something you can do. You can make this more or you can make it what you want to make it, you know, because I think As business owners and as work at home moms, sometimes there's this pressure that we have to go back and we have to go full force. But like my thought was, maybe I just want to start out doing 20, 25 hours a week. Maybe I don't want to be full time. I don't know what, you know, I I didn't know what our budget could bear. I didn't know, you know what I mean? So I started taking on a few more jobs. And then, like I said, I was having, you know, I was on my mat leave and I thought to myself, okay, I can't really work a ton during mat leave because as you know, you get dinged when you make money. So I would (laughs) often tell people, you know, I know someone who can do that. Or if you can wait an extra four months or six months, I'm happy to work on it then. And a lot of times, um, in a lot of cases, the people were like, you know what? It's not something I need done right away. I'll get in touch with you in a couple months. So we would even just do some early planning, just, you know, thought process, brainstorming kind of stuff while I was on mat leave, just a couple chats. And then I would actually sit down and do the work for them when I was, when I was ready to go back to work. Um, And then it's like the universe spoke to me again, because someone else reached out. It was like a friend of mine reached out and said, you know, um, there's this company, they're looking for someone to do social media. And it was, um, it was a close relation. And she's like, they follow you on um, social Um, just as a little context. I had started a blog at that point. So I'd had a a blogging presence and my social was all kind of under my blogging handle. And, you know, she said, they really like your voice on social, you know, it's positive, upbeat, it's kind, it's, you know, your spelling and punctuation and grammar is good, but it's still familial. Do you know what I mean? It's not too professional, but it's not, it's not unprofessional. Do you know what I mean? It's that sweet spot. She said, would you consider chatting with them? They're looking for someone to do their social media. And so having had a marketing background, I was like totally cool with that. Cause I, I knew from a marketing standpoint what to do and social media obviously was a very emerging kind of thing at that point, a very emerging beast. It wasn't, uh, tamed at that point. <laughs> so there wasn't like, you know, exactly what, you know, you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. It was still kind of the wild West. Right. So I met with them and I ended up working with them for five years. Wow. Doing their social media. And, um, so that was really kind of how I started in getting into the social media, um, you know, atmosphere with like being paid to do social media. Mm -hmm. But it was something that I jumped on almost as soon as it kind of came out because I just thought it was so interesting. And being a blogger, obviously I was online anyway. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of how that started. It was just the universe telling me which direction to go in. I love that. And sometimes it's just that,
0: right? Like paying attention to the things that happen or the Uh, conversations that we have or the experiences that we have and they can actually be trying to tell us something. I think there is so much truth to that and I love how it really seems that you were able to take something that you're so passionate about and you had a strong skill set in and experience in and make that into a business and and to be able to work in that area that you're interested in and that fills you and works well with your family life so i Definitely. just think that's so beautiful oh, and thanks. i just wanted to pop back quickly to something you said earlier just within leaving your corporate position and just that lack of openness around flexibility in the workplace and do you yeah. think i mean that was 10 years ago, you said, do you think that there's been a shift with that? Or do you think that's still something that people struggle with?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I think a lot of businesses have come a long way. Um, But I think it's still, it's still the fact that one kind of outlier, let's use that term, can wreck it for an entire division or company or you know, even, even a small like group within a company, because as I mentioned, I'd had this flexible work option. I'd worked for the company for, I want to say two or three years. And I went to them and said, you know, Hey, um, I'd gone back, you know, right after my year mat leave with my daughter, with my oldest. And it was really hard. Like I will, you know, not ever hesitate to let anyone know just how hard it was for me. I mean, and, and I know it's the same for other moms, you know, I'm not unique in this, in this, um, circumstance. I bawled the minute I had to drop her off that first day. It just, it was like my heart was being ripped out of my chest and it was a wonderful daycare. It's not like I had any qualms about where I was taking her. It was just that it wasn't with me and, and that it was all day. I think even if it was something where I felt it could be half a day or whatever, that would have lessened that heartbreak, but it was so hard after building those bonds with her for that year. And obviously carrying her for nine months before that, it was just heartbreaking. So I, you know, obviously went back to work. And then about a year and a half after or so, um, I had discussions with them. And I said, hey, what do you think about this? And again, you know, they would have not said okay to it if I had not been, you know, fulfilling all the roles and responsibilities that I was tasked with and, you know, performing well. So they said it was fine. And it was going along great for, like I said, maybe a year and a half. And then they hired someone else um, in a role that was above me, which was really, you know, I liked the person. I thought they, they were fine. We got along well. But then it just, like I said, it became toxic where comments would be made, oh, you weren't here yesterday for that meeting. Or, oh, you know, and it's like all you had to do was literally put on that conference call, like put on that speaker and call me. I literally would carry my phone around like before this was even, it was even kind of popular to do that. Like where you yeah. were on it, like paying attention to the vibrations and stuff all the time because I wanted to make sure I was being a good employee and that I was there when they needed me. And it just wasn't enough. Hmm. And I think that's when I realized like, and even today, it's like there will always be times when you, what you are going to be doing for your company, no matter how, no matter how devoted you are, is still not enough. It will yeah. always be that way for some managers. And I feel like they just, if we could just get rid of those kinds of <laughs> thoughts, you know what I mean? Those yes. kinds of thoughts and the the preconceived notions about what it means to not be working in the office. I yeah. think maybe, not that I would ever wish this on anyone, but the fact that this coronavirus, you know, is so present now, I feel like this you know, in all its monstrosity, like in all its, you know, horribleness um, could have a little bit of a silver lining. in that I think people will start to understand just how productive people can be when they're not in the office. You know, it's again, only for those people that aren't, that haven't already bought into it. Like there are so many people that already know that people are going to always go above and beyond when they're not working in the office because they feel they need to prove something.
0: Yeah. Right yes a hundred percent i've I've had flexible work opportunities for which I've been incredibly grateful but there there's always been a couple of voices that yeah. perhaps think that <laughs> it just maybe the perception of it doesn't seem yeah. right, but I know um especially as a mom in those um, with those opportunities, I was so appreciative. yeah I poured my heart and soul into what I was doing, and the work that I was doing like it really filled me so I don't Always. feel maybe it wasn't visible to everyone depending on kind of how I worked with those particular people but um i I know that I did a really good job and I was working very hard um, totally. and doing all that I needed to do and more, I
1: would say. Um, I agree. We're, we're yeah. all we're built like that, I yes. think. Right? <laughs> yeah. But you know what I think we as moms have to let go of? We have to let go of that need for people to understand. Yeah. It's a lot of it, not, not all of it, but some of it is on us because yes. we carry this burden of what are they going to think? you know what I mean? Like you said, what does it look like? Do they understand what I'm doing? And I almost feel like, I mean, that's, that's a really crappy burden to have to bear, but I mean, almost, we almost have to approach it with a, like, who gives a heck, like just not worry about it at all. We almost just have to like shed that, like, you know, (laughs) like a bad skin. It's just not, it's not helpful for our, for our mental well being. And for, for our productivity, too, because we get stuck on these things, right? And our minds then can't concentrate.
0: Well, and usually it's just those one or two people. Right. And it just, it makes you think there's that Rachel Hollis quote, um, other people's opinions are none of our business. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I love it. But sometimes easier said than done, but oh, We're yeah. all human. <laughs> all human, yes. <laughs> Oh yeah. So we'll see. You're right. Like maybe things will continue to uh, to improve and change and more people will have more of an open mindset um, about working in different ways. And that would be, I think, a huge win for lots of people, but I think for a lot of moms especially, that I'm yeah. biased in that capacity.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> um And before we wrap things up, um, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. So one was just if you had, I guess, as a mom, sort of uh, something that you've struggled with or a learning opportunity that you've had. Because I think sometimes as moms, we look at what we see on social media or we you know, go to school, pick up or drop off. And it just seems like everybody else just has things all figured out and feels really confident about all that they're juggling as a mom. And Mm -hmm. um, I know that's not always the case. So I don't know if you had something that you would feel comfortable sharing.
1: Sure. Um, Well, first off, when you're making a comment about um, or you made the comment uh, talking about parents that pick up and drop off. I will give a shout out right now to m- all of my mom squad, my parent squad, it's mostly moms, but they are. I'm just so lucky and blessed and grateful to be surrounded by parents who really keep it real. Yes, <laughs> when we're having a bad, like no matter who it is among our kind of wide and varied group, because some mornings I'll see you know three parents, other mornings I will only see one or two, others I'll see you know catch up with the neighborhood, but everyone keeps it real. If we're having a bad day. We have no problem saying, you know what? I haven't had the greatest start to my morning. Thanks for asking. Like, and then you know, yeah. we'll say like, can you use a hug or I can use a hug, you know, depending <laughs> on what side of that you're on. Yeah. And then if we're having a great day, we'll be like, I am having a wonderful day. It was a great start. Thanks for asking. How about you? And then if the other person hasn't, we try to help make their day better. So, you know, shout out to all the, the parents out there that really try to support each other That's because amazing. that is such yes. a big deal, especially when you're working from home or you have a side hustle or any of those kinds of flexible, um, work times, because it can be very, um, it can be chaotic and it can be crazy and (laughs) (laughs) we all need a hug sometimes. Yes. Um, but my other challenge I think has been being the work at home parent, um, as wonderful as my spouse is because he's away all day, not at home. It's very different sometimes for him or difficult uh, for him sometimes to understand kind of how maybe how the day has, has, has trickled out, what has happened during the day or, um, you know, he'll come home and let's say the kids are mad at me or one of them is mad at me <laughs> or they're in a bad mood. He doesn't understand the context for why they're in a bad mood. And it can, it can kind of weigh on, you know, kind of the interaction when he first gets home. And then that kind of spills into as well, um, you know, we've been together 26 years. So we are a couple that is, (laughs) we know each other really well, but we also have, or can have very different parenting, um, parenting styles and strategies. So he's more the type that will want, you know, he'll say, well, you know, so-and-so didn't get their homework done and they had a, you know, um, a project that was late this week. So, you know. I guess that means someone needs to sit down with them and make sure they do their homework every day. And my way of approaching that is more of a, I want the kids to, to gain an independence that is truly something they've learned, not just um, you know, the illusion of independence or getting stuff done, but really it's, it's us that makes that happen. So even when, you know, our kids like, okay, I'll give you actually a really quick story, but it's, it's, I think it highlights this. The differences very well. (laughs) So when my daughter was in grade four, uh, no grade five, sorry, grade five, um, obviously grade five, you're responsible for getting to school yourself, getting home. I'm not picking them up. We're very close to our school anyway. So the kids, you know, walked from the age of like eight upwards. Um, So she had a hard time getting up in the morning, even though we all went to school together, and she ended up with 42 lates in grade five. So my husband was not happy about that (laughs) at all. It was a bone of contention, and it always came up when, you know, she was late for other things. It was just, it was the thing. And then, you know, my way of approaching that was, it's our job to support her in getting out of the house on time, but it's not my job because, you know, he asked me, why is she so late? She can't be late and make her get to school. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Like, I can't physically take her to school. She is, like, 10 or 11 years old, like, yeah. at this point, right? I said, I can't drag her to school. If she doesn't get to school on time or if she's, you know, we have to leave ahead of her and I make her lock up and whatever, then that's how it has to be. I'm not going to make the younger one late because she's late. So, again, bone of contention. Grade <laughs> 6, 27 lates. So... Not great, but not as bad. And then now she's in grade seven and she's at a different school, a middle school, and she has only had two lates all year. And those were locker related issues. So they have lockers in grade seven and they did not in grade six. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, My lock. She goes, I was at school, I was there early. And it was like a late coming back from lunch. So it was, she couldn't get her lock done. (laughs) And then the other late was, um, I don't know, something silly again. It was like, again, her locker locker lock didn't work in the morning. But the teacher even said, oh, locker. And she goes, yes. He's like, no problem. But it was, again, it shows the independence that has grown in those two and a bit years. And so while you don't want to see your kids fail, it's so much better for them to fail now when they're younger, when they can get over it, when it's small fails, as I like to call them. Like, yes. they're not big ones. <laughs> it's not life-changing. It's not going to go on your transcript for like, university. <laughs> it's just, you know, elementary school. So this is, like, a simple yet effective way of kind of showing that they will progress with support, and it's just a matter of letting them do it.
0: Yeah. No, that's... That's such a great story. And it is, I mean, ultimately, you know, there's, we want our kids to become more independent and obviously different people have all the different ways and approaches to do it. And it can be challenging when we're not necessarily on the same page as our significant other with those types of things. Um, It can be so
1: tough, so tough. And I still fail. Like there are mornings when he gets upset and then guess what that does? Yes. Because I'm finding it hard to regulate, right? Yeah. It, it makes me upset because I'm like, why can't you just get down on time? And then I obviously take it out and that's, you know, the mom guilt happens. But that's also a learning moment because I can say to her later, you know what? Or, or to my son, if I, you know, do something like get mad at him, you know, in an inappropriate way, like that's too much for the situation you know, that's my opportunity to authentically apologize, say, you know, I'm human too. I let that get to me, whatever it was, whether it was, you know, (laughs) arguing about being late or whatever. (laughs) Um, But that's also another great learning moment. So even though we mess up, we have a way to make it right and actually teach our kids something at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Cause yeah. they're watching on listening and paying attention to all those things. And there's so much to be learned from how we handle those difficult moments with our kids. Right. And we're not going to be perfect. And I think it's perfectly okay and wonderful for them to see that and then to see how we can handle and manage things afterwards and have those conversations with them. So, oh, I, Yeah. I so- wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. We, we do the same here too. (laughs) I love that. Um, and then just lastly, do you have any, uh, final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work
1: juggles? Um, I think one word covers it it's boundaries. So that's a really, that was a really hard thing well, was and is a hard thing for me, uh, was meaning past, you know past tense because I think at one point I had none, um, but it still is a little bit difficult for me because I'm still navigating how to build boundaries or how to like put them in place and stick to them and how to do the work around kind of educating the people around me, whether it's my family, whether it's friends, whether it's clients um, around, you know, why I have the boundaries and why they need to be respected. (laughs) Um, I mean, we all have boundaries. My husband's away at work all day. So in an office, that's kind of his physical boundary. He's not here, right? Yes. Um, But I explained to my kids that no matter where you are, what you're doing, it's still valuable. It's still contributing to the family. So even though I'm here, um, I am working. I'm working doing house items, but again, within boundaries. And then also within my work boundaries, I'm doing obviously work for clients and, you know, contributing to our, our family, um, you know, budget. So, um, I think carving time out for yourself over the last probably two or three years, I've gotten really good. Um, and I'm very proud of myself because I used to let this go. I'm very good at, um, setting aside one morning a week for yoga. I walk to yoga. After I drop off, I, I know my child. My youngest is old enough to walk to school, but I still like to walk because because it's kind of on the way anyway. Yeah. So you know, I love that hug and the kiss he gives me when he goes. To, you know, to see his his friends on the playground, um, and then I continue on and I walk to yoga, and then I do my yoga, and it's like a Hatha yoga. So there's some meditation involved. It's really really wonderful. It just it fills my cup every week, and then I walk home. So it's like total like an hour walk both, you know, considering both ways. And then I have my hour and a half of yoga and meditation. And I used to forego that if a client called, I'd be like, no problem. I can do that. And I would, I wouldn't go. Hmm. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, boundaries were an issue and they still kind of are a little bit, but I'm working through it and I'm getting better as I go. Um, so any moms out there that are having, you know that are struggling with how to make it work. Just make sure you fill your own cup. I mean, you've heard this, but make sure you fill your own cup before you can try to fill anyone else's. Yes, because you know, as cliche as it sounds, it is so true. There's there's beauty in doing things for ourselves so that we can be the best version of ourselves. Yes, um, that's all I would say is just try to have boundaries and make sure your family understands what those boundaries are, so everyone can can appreciate what everyone in the family, what each person is contributing, including you.
0: Well, and I think ultimately it's a win for everyone. And then I think also just such a great example too, for our kids to see, right? That importance of looking after ourselves so that we can do good and be good people for the people around us, so
1: that's true. I love and that, and I love that guilt. word. We have to lose yes. the guilt, we feel, right? Like we said, before, I know. Like on us, the thoughts we have about yes. you know surround things, and this is one of those things. So we have to lose the guilt, and that's why in the past I would have said to a client, "Sure, mm-hmm. I can drop my appointment and do this for you," but I won't do that anymore unless that's it's like so a dire bad. emergency, right? Something happens, obviously with my kids, yes, or yeah, you know, exactly. a family commitment that that has to happen, but. Totally agree. Yeah. It's, um, it's really important to do stuff for yourself and to stick to it. I'm 100% with you. I know I am a much better person
0: and mom when I'm doing the things I need to do to take care of myself as well Mm -hmm. and fill my cup. But you're right, there is that (laughs) guilt. There can be that guilt with that too, but it's so important. Lisa, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story and your ideas with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you
1: and the amazing work that you do,
0: where are the best places to find you?
1: So, um, you can visit my website, lisapeterson.ca. Um, and it's an interesting spelling, so you're going to want to check the show notes, I think, for that. Absolutely, I'll have <laughs> um, that there. And I'm also on social media at Lisa Peterson Media. And um, you can also reach out at, Lisa at lisapeterson.ca for email purposes. Wonderful. Thank you so much again for joining us, Lisa. This was so appreciated. Oh, thank you for having me. I just, I'm so excited and thrilled and honored that you, uh, you wanted to have me on to chat. So I hope you have a great day and thank you. Thanks. You too.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.